Are you interested in learning more about how to start your Salesforce career? Be sure to register for our next live webinar showing you exactly how the Salesforce Career Development Program works, our latest statistics, and up-to-date information about what's going on in the Salesforce ecosystem. To register now, head over to talentstacker.com forward slash live. That's talentstacker.com forward slash L-I-V-E. We look forward to seeing you on the next live webinar. But I can't believe they're that ballsy to like gather a group of like major influencers and ask for a job like that. Please don't ever do that. Hi, I'm Anita Smith. I'm Bradley Rice. And And you're you're listening listening to the the Salesforce Salesforce for Everyone podcast. podcast. In today's show, we're going to kick stale job hunting advice to the curb. And that's still the number one piece of advice I hear. It's like, I'm looking for a new job. What do you recommend? And they're like, make sure your resume looks amazing. Also, find out why your personal brand on LinkedIn could make all the difference. If you message me and you do not have a picture, I'm going to think you're going to ask me to send you money to some (laughs) prince. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Salesforce for Everyone podcast. In our last episode, we talked a lot about Trailhead and how to get your first Salesforce certification. And we also talked about why having a Salesforce certification isn't enough to land your first Salesforce job. We also gave a sneak peek into the other aspects of landing your first Salesforce job, like personal branding, interview prep, and getting hands-on experience. In today's episode, we are going to focus in on the personal branding aspect of really showcasing your value and getting your name out there in the Salesforce ecosystem. And here with me today, I have Anita Smith to cover these topics. How's it going, Anita? Pretty good. How about yourself? Doing great. Uh, Yeah, so it's been a good week. We're traveling right now. Where are you traveling to? So right now I'm in Wisconsin visiting my wife's family. So my my in-laws, that's always a fun trip. I think we can all agree. Um, so it's freezing and snowing and all that fun stuff. And I'm ready for warmer weather. So personal branding, you know, we've talked so much already on this podcast about what it takes to land a Salesforce job. But I feel like one of the most commonly overlooked aspects of landing any job, but especially a Salesforce job, is your personal and professional branding And I think it's probably the highest impact part of this process. A lot of people look at certifications or interview prep or hands-on experience, and they don't realize that the personal branding and networking is is a massive piece to the puzzle. So yeah, so what what are your thoughts around personal branding? And I guess what experience have you had in that arena? Yeah, I mean, it it was like the main success factor, I would say, for me landing my first job. And, you know, with, with other industries, everyone talks about how important networking is. And it's no different in this industry, like networking and brand branding go hand in hand. For myself, I ran with it with the personal branding and on LinkedIn and all that. I didn't even apply for my job because my branding was done so well, like multiple people reached out to me. But ultimately, for my current job, my boss reached out to me and I like didn't know who he was. I just all I did was, you know, like one of his comments on someone else's posts. Because of that, it got his attention. He saw my LinkedIn profile, was really impressed with the branding, and then scheduled a call. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, it sounds like an uncommon story or like an isolated event. I, I, I think sometimes we hear those stories and it's like, I commented on a post on LinkedIn and then someone messaged me and I got a job. And you think, okay, well, good for you. That's not going to happen to anyone else. But obviously, after helping, you know, hundreds of people land jobs last year, 
we know that it happens more often than you realize. And we actually did the math on it and we surveyed our members. And about 30% of the time, you'll land a job because of your personal branding and your networking. And so what I mean by that is 30% of the time, you do not go to a job posting and click apply now and get the job. That happens about 70% of the time, but there's this other 30% where it's actually from someone reaching out to you. There was never a job posting. They invited you to come interview and they just figured out who you were from your time on LinkedIn. So I think we've gone, you know, we're talking a lot about LinkedIn, like everyone should know what it is and, and how it works. But yeah, would you mind kind of breaking down what even is LinkedIn? Yeah, it's it's pretty much a professional social network. So think Facebook with less family, hopefully less politics, just professional work only stuff. And it's really incredible how you can change your own look and I guess brand because most of us who are getting into Salesforce, we're pivoting from a different career. So if like I'm coming from, you know, a healthcare background or hospitality management background, my LinkedIn profile doesn't shout Salesforce. But with a little bit of artwork and like throwing in keywords in my LinkedIn profile, all of a sudden I look like a Salesforce professional. Yeah, that's fantastic. And it's so true. I've even found, especially from, you know, the professional side, the business side too, that you can rebrand yourself. And it's it's kind of an interesting idea that it's like your first day at school where you show up and you have your clothes that you got over the summer or whatever else. You, maybe you're trying out a new style. And then if it doesn't click the way you wanted it to, you're not getting the traction you thought you would get, you can totally rebrand yourself over the weekend and come back like it's the first day of school again. And it's totally fine. And I think that's the cool thing about LinkedIn is like, I can try certain branding and see if I'm getting messages from recruiters and see if people are connecting with me and engaging with me. And if they're not, I can just take the weekend to add new profile pictures, update my title and, you know, about section and reword some things. And all of a sudden, you know, I've got a whole new fresh look on my LinkedIn profile. And it's kind of fun to play with it to see how you can, you know, impact that traction by trying different styles of your own personal branding. Yeah, you can really experiment it just by like, like you said, changing the profile picture, you can even switch out the frames. And then the cover photo, you can see what colors or what gets people attention. And I mean, LinkedIn has changed so much from the first time I was on it. Like even now they have like, little animations where you can record a 30 second video of yourself and have that like ongoing. They have a really cool feature now where you can, um, it's supposed to be to help people pronounce your name correctly, but it's long enough where you can actually give an introduction and it sounds real personal. Yeah. Th there's a lot of those, you know, really great features to use to sort of put yourself out there and have a little bit of creativity in the way you set up your profile. And for anyone who's sort of listening now and they're like, ah, do I really need to be on LinkedIn? Is that necessary? The answer is yes, it's absolutely necessary. I wanted to take a second to sort of explain why. So the number one question I get from people who don't quite understand the modern job market and what I mean by that is just sort of how people find you now. It, it used to be that you would just find a job posting online and you would submit your resume and that's how you got a job. And that's still the number one piece of advice I hear. It's like, oh, I'm looking for a new job. What do you recommend? And they're like, make sure your resume looks amazing. I think that's been the, the common typical advice for the last 50 years. And if you look up and you think about what's changed over the last 50 years, it would be really surprising if that was still the best advice for the job market. And the truth is, it's not the best advice for the job market. And the reason for that is because LinkedIn represents your resume. So it's got 
your name and your information and your experience listed and maybe a little blurb about who you are. But that's just the tip of the iceberg with LinkedIn. So you get all the same stuff you get from the resume, but I can go look at your activity. I can see the types of things you talk about. I can see how you communicate with other professionals. I can see the types of things you're interested in and get an idea of who you are as a person before I ever meet you. And that's the really amazing thing for recruiters and hiring managers out there. You might put in an application and then they come look at your LinkedIn profile. They're not really interested in your profile. I mean, a little bit just to get that high level overview. But what they really want to know is who are you? And they get a sense of that by seeing what you're posting about, what you're talking about and how you're communicating with other professionals. So it's a really great you know, view for them into who you are. And that's all you really need. You need them to know who you are so they can decide to say, hey, Anita, I'd like to come invite you to an interview because I think you might be a good fit for this. And that's really how it all gets started. Yeah. I mean, it's a great way to make yourself stand out. You know, there are a lot of jobs out there, but there are a lot of people competing for those jobs and you have to find a way to make yourself stand out. And you can do that with LinkedIn. You can share your personality. You can share helpful items to show that you're like a team player. And it gives recruiters and future employers insight to how it is to work with you. Yeah, for sure. So now that everybody knows, hopefully you have that overview of this is what LinkedIn is. This is why you have to be on LinkedIn. It is such a pivotal part of landing a Salesforce job. So you can have that certification, but if no one knows about it, or if it's hiding on a resume that's saved on your desktop, then no one's going to know you're a certified Salesforce professional. And that's where things are going to start to you know, hit sort of a bottleneck. So I want to point out that number one uh, in the show notes, there's a free Salesforce five-day challenge. Day three is going to walk you through getting your LinkedIn profile set up and exactly what to do. We also have a completely separate LinkedIn optimization guide that's going to show you how to you know, do everything we're going to talk about on the show today and more. So you can find that in the show notes, but it is an incredible resource for getting your LinkedIn set up and exactly what you need to do. But uh, for this show, I mean, I think we should start walking people through, you know, what is it we need to do on LinkedIn? Like, what are some LinkedIn hacks that can really take it to the next level? And maybe what are some of those pitfalls that we should be looking out for when we're, you know, trying to create that personal brand for ourselves and that professional brand for ourselves? I guess, do, do you have any, you know, amazing tips yeah. or amazing things to look out for when you're working through this? I mean, the one thing that I see all the time that drives me crazy is when people put aspiring Salesforce administrator. Like, I cannot stand it. Like, just own it. You're a Salesforce administrator. Do not put aspiring. Your Salesforce administrator, period, own it. No one's going to tell you otherwise. I mean, they may say, oh, they're not very good, or they're new, or they're fantastic. But you don't need that description. You just need Salesforce administrator. And when you are certified, add certified to that title. Yeah, it's so true. I, I think really that just goes into the this idea of i just sort of call it mitigating language or negative language um so you probably already feel like an imposter because you're trying to figure out a a new career path and you're coming across this and so you probably feel a little maybe a little awkward saying you know i'm a salesforce professional or a salesforce certified administrator and it just kind of feels like well i i don't want to overshoot this and say something i'm not so you put aspiring in the front and the reason you do that is cuz you're scared that you might not live up to the expectation or whatever it is. But you're right. It's the same thing with, I see people putting things like 1X certified. Like there's no need to put any number X certified. 
if the number is one, because you are just certified at that point. So you don't really want to draw attention to how few certifications you have. So my typical advice there is if you have one or two Salesforce certifications, just say Salesforce certified professional. If you have three certifications, go ahead and hit them with that 3X Salesforce certified professional. But that's where I would put the breakpoint. Yeah, I think that's a that's really awesome though. Just the those little mitigating pieces where you accidentally discount yourself because you're concerned about coming off, you know, maybe trying to look like you have too much experience or whatever else. Yep. And it works well for when recruiters are searching too. It helps that. But another mistake I see people make is they just put too much detail into their LinkedIn in the about me section and the experience section. I'm going to tell you like these recruiters, they're they're spending what, like a minute max, maybe looking at your profile. So you want it as short as possible. You don't want them to have to click see more or keep scrolling. You want them to like read it, boom, 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 see the highlights and like, oh, okay, this person's a good fit. Let me throw them into the job market or the job. Yeah, you definitely want high impact. That's what I would say. Like anything you're doing, high impact, when you put in your profile picture, when you put up your banner photo, when you set your title, when you explain your experience and you start creating your about section, high impact. Every word needs to be high impact. Like if someone reads it, it needs to have meaning to them, not just, you know, whatever you want to say. And so I'll say too, try to think about when you're putting your profile together, the way we act as humans on social media. So think Instagram, it's so popular because people love images. Our eyes are just drawn to bright colors. We like things that move quickly. If we can absorb it in under five seconds, even better. We just love things that hit us very quickly and engage our attention. Well, LinkedIn can be a pretty boring place. If you've been hanging out on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, like all these other social media platforms, you're being like very engaged with little small pieces of information. And then you switch over to LinkedIn And it can be kind of dry, like, hey, I'm studying for this particular certification and I would like your advice on the best study tips. And it's like, eh, that can be kind of boring. So you can be that flash. Your profile can sort of be that bright flash in that sea of blacks and white and gray and just not having any color and engagement. And so what I love to do on profiles, I mean, if you go to my LinkedIn profile, you'll see this. But the background banner, my profile picture, I think it's similar on yours, Anita. There's just so much color and it's so vivid. And so what that does is when somebody looks at your profile, if you just have your background is a skyline showing what city you live in, that doesn't mean anything to someone looking at your profile. But if you have these really vivid colors for your profile picture and your background image, and you have some text back there that says, this is why I'm an amazing Salesforce professional, You can use those images to, number one, draw people's eyes, but number two, tell them something meaningful about who you are so that they want to hire you and they want to engage with you. So I would say my biggest piece of advice, you know, right off cuff would be do not ignore your profile picture and background banner. They have a lot more impact than you might imagine. Oh, yeah. Please, you know, when you take your profile picture, it should be shoulders, head, some type of professional clothing eye contact with the camera and please smile. I've seen some where people like they don't look approachable at all. I'm just like, oh my God, you know, look at the camera and smile. Look like someone you would want to work with. (laughs) Yeah. And like, please don't put a Salesforce logo as your profile picture. Like you have to have your picture up. And I know some people are, they're a little apprehensive and they're like, well, I don't want my picture on social media and this and that. 
I think we just got to get past that because this is the picture people are going to look at when they message you, when they see you post, when they comment on your post and you're talking back and forth with them. That picture is their first impression of you. And if they're thinking about interviewing you or hiring you or working with you 40 hours a week, that picture right there is what they're imagining you are when they work with you. So if you look professional and maybe you're sitting in front of your computer looking up and smiling and you look approachable, it's all those things. You got to think, I'm going to work with this person 40 hours a week. Is that the type of person I want to work with? And that's what your profile picture does for you. All right. So my main pro tip with your profile picture is at least put one up. Don't leave it to that gray avatar because you look like a spammer. If you message me and you do not have a picture, I'm going to think you're going to ask me to send you money to some <laughs> prince and I'm going to ignore it. I mean, Bradley, have you run into that at all? Well, it's I that I, it kind of brings up another thought for me too, which is Number one, I think people who are on LinkedIn and we're out here posting and we're we're trying to help the community with, you know, tips and advice. And what happens to me a lot is something I just want to advise people, please don't do this. They will personal message me and they don't even try to get to know me first or say like, hey, I like your content. You know, you're doing great stuff for the community. They don't say anything. They just say, hey, Brad, do you know of any jobs you could get me? And I'm like, that is not how networking works. Please don't do that. And then if you layer on the fact that this person has no profile picture, it's just the gray avatar, there is just no way. Even if you're not a spammer, it just shows the level of effort you're putting into this and not willing to set up your profile all the way, not willing to actually develop your skills and apply for jobs and get the attention of hiring managers. You just want to shortcut it. And that's what it looks like. Whether or not that's true, I don't know. But that's what it looks like when you get a message in your inbox from a gray silhouette that says, can you get me a job? So like, you bring up a good point about the messaging for like a job. So I have this one story. Someone messaged like a group of us and it was like all the major Salesforce influencers no. in a group and then asked for a job. One person was nice about it, but other people just ignored it. I, of course, suggested the five day challenge. <laughs> But I can't believe they're that ballsy to like gather a group of like major influencers and ask for a job like that. Please don't ever do that. Yeah, it's a really <laughs> gutsy approach. Also, never, never going to work. I think the whole thing about engaging and being part of a community, like that's really what LinkedIn is. You're part of the Salesforce community on LinkedIn. And I've actually talked to some friends recently who I don't feel like grasp the concept of a community. Like they don't understand that a community, you're not truly part of a community. If you sit on the sidelines and you just take information from other people and use that information, you're only part of the community once you engage with it and once you bring something to it. And you may not have anything necessarily valuable to share, but you at least need to be transparent and be yourself and let people know who you are and share little bits of your story. And maybe that means you're asking more questions than the number of questions you're answering. But you know, you're only truly part of the Salesforce Ohana that you'll hear about or the Salesforce community if you're out there actually asking questions and trying to help other people because a community is a system of people giving and taking. And if you're just taking, then you're going to find it pretty difficult to break into this ecosystem because it's very much based on this idea of helping each other. And 
I think that's just another thing that I would put in there is that a lot of people want to join community groups and just watch what other people are talking about. And you're never going to see the benefits of a community without actually involving yourself in it. Have you received any messages where like someone has really nailed it, like the whole networking thing? Do any stand out in your mind? I think there's a few things you can do. That's a really good question because I think we can harp on what not to do all day, but you kind of got to follow up with what to do to give something meaningful. So that's really great. I would say I have seen people trying to get together for, I think, what's sort of like nicely called like coffee chats. And this can be a really good way to get to know people. And the really cool thing about these coffee chats is you just ask for, say, 10 or 15 minutes. You don't ask for like an hour or a meeting or whatever else. You just ask for 10 or 15 minutes. And usually I would say the best approach you could have with me personally, and so I'm sure this goes for other people because I'm not arrogant enough to think that I'm unique. So I know I'm not unique and I know there's a ton of people just like me. And the thing you could do with me would be you see me posting, comment on the post, like tell me it's an awesome post or tell me, you know, how it impacted you or share a little bit of insight that you have. Number one, I like that, right? Because I'm human and people say, hey, I really like what you did. And I go, hey, cool, thanks. And then I look at your profile picture and I look at your name. And this is why it's so important. So I go, all right, that's this person and that's what they look like. Okay, now I have, it may be a very shallow, simple relationship, but in the virtual world, I now have a relationship with you. You said something to me. I know what you look like and I know what your name is. And that's a lot when we're connecting with real relationships as people. So comment on, on some things, try to engage. If you share my post and you're like, hey, look what Brad said, this guy has the best tips ever. Then I'm like, all right, like I really like that person. And then if you come back to me maybe a week later, and you send me a personal message in my LinkedIn inbox and you say, hey, Brad, I've really been enjoying the posts that you're doing. Is there any chance you would have five or 10 minutes? I don't want to take up too much of your time. I'd love to just sit down, have a quick coffee and you know, hop on a Zoom chat and talk to you for five or 10 minutes if you don't mind. And I would say that is your best bet at going, hey, you're just asking for five or 10 minutes. You understand my time is valuable. Sure. Let's talk for a second. Let me see if I can give you a few quick tips. Now, here's the really nice thing about this approach. If we're having a good conversation, I'm going to ignore the five or 10 minute deadline and I'm going to say, oh, let's keep chatting. No, no, no. I've got time. Let's keep talking about this. I'm really interested in this. This is neat. I've got some tips for you. I would advise that you get involved in this. And you know what? I can introduce you to this person and that's going to break you in so much quicker. So that would be my advice would be to slow roll it. And I'm talking about a week. You can slow roll things in a week. Engage, show respect, show that you value that person. That's sort of your icebreaker. Message them directly. Say, hey, I really enjoy what you're doing. You know, I aspire to accomplish even half of what you've accomplished. You know, I've got a lot of goals that align with what I've seen you accomplish. And that's amazing. Would you mind giving me five minutes? And you would be surprised at the doors that those kind of conversations can open. Yeah, those are actually the ones that are most memorable for me. I remember this person has done an amazing job throughout and we still talk now. And so I had posted about, you know, studying for upcoming uh, sort of vacation exam. And they actually private messaged me on LinkedIn, giving me like tips on sharing links on what to study and all that. And then asked for a coffee chat. And I was like, sure. And it went really well. Like the chat went great. And like you said, it went over. And every couple of months we get together and talk again. But like, I always have this person's name in the back of my mind. So if you can help someone, that's a big way to get in. Like, you don't have to just reach out to people who are like really successful. Reach out to peers, people who are in the same, I guess, path as you are, who are like studying for the exam when you just passed it and just try to give back. 
I think that is like the best way to build relationships. Always, always give. Yeah, for sure. You know, there's a quick story I recall where Stephanie, I don't think she would mind me sharing the story. She actually reached out to me, a very similar setup. And I think what struck me with her was first she told me how much effort she's put in herself. She didn't just tell me, but she sort of, it's just the way she described it. She said, I've got all this experience. I've got these certifications. This is the stuff that I'm doing to try to further myself. And she just brought so much energy and value up front. It wasn't like, hey, can you make me successful? It was sort of like, hey, I've already put in a ton of effort. I've tried this on my own and I'm having you know, reasonable success. But I was just wondering if there's anything that you could tell me that might help me pivot forward more quickly. And I mean, we just had such a good conversation that I was actually looking to drop a client that I had independent consulting and I wasn't sure what to do, but I always like to leave my clients with another option to replace me. And I introduced them to Stephania that same week and she was working for them full time, you know, less than a month later. And it's those kind of connections. You never know what they might bring. And you can't go into those relationships expecting people to just for that to be the silver bullet. And all of a sudden you've got a new job and life's great. But I think if you do that enough and you do it and you're truly trying to give to people and build relationships that are more than just for you to benefit from, you're going to find that this stuff pays off huge in the long run. Yeah, that's a really good call out sharing like what you've done already. I mean, people want to help people who are trying, you know, they don't want to just like help people who just got in. Like I, I was talking to someone the other day and they're like, oh, I'm not like I've been applying to jobs, but I'm not getting anything. And then later in the conversation, I, I find out they're not even certified yet. And I was just like, you got to put effort, you know, you can't just like expect. I mean, the market is really good, but it's not that good. Like you have to put some sort of effort in. Well, yeah. And we talked about that in the last episode, you know, how certifications aren't enough, but you still got to have one. And we talked about, you know, the stats on that are that 70% of people applying for Salesforce jobs are certified. So you're really stacking the odds against you when you try to go this route and bypass the certification piece. You can absolutely do it. It's possible. But again, you're stacking the odds, you know, well against you when you try to when you try to skip any part of what we're going to talk about, especially in the the first few episodes of this podcast, we're going to be talking about, you know, interview prep, personal branding, getting certifications and getting hands-on experience. Those topics, if you try to skip any of that, you're really going to put yourself in a bad position. It's pieces to the puzzle and you you have to have them all to make this work. Yeah. I find people always miss, they're always missing one of those pieces. I'm just like, I know it seems like a small thing, but it has such a major impact. Like you cannot skip on these steps. Well, and you know, because you've done some sessions with the Talent Stacker members and we have these basically support sessions where if people are struggling and they want additional support, we invite them to come talk to us in sort of these small group settings. And we try to identify what's going wrong. And to your point, typically one of those major pieces, they are not applying for jobs with any strategy, or they haven't prepared for interviews at all, or they're still not certified, or there's some piece they haven't worked on LinkedIn at all. They're not engaging on LinkedIn at all. There's always some major piece to the puzzle where they thought that doesn't apply to me and I don't necessarily have to put in the effort in that category. And you really do if you want this to work and work you know, quickly for you. Yeah. I mean, we can lay the path out for you, but you're the one that has to do the work and actually follow it. It's not going to automatically happen because you know you watch videos and you're like, oh, okay. And then you don't actually do anything. That's not how it works at all. 
Yeah, I, I had someone reach out and they told me, they said, it was someone I knew, I wouldn't call them a friend, but I but I know them. They said, hey, Brad, I, uh, I just uh, lost my job. Could you just tell me real quick how to get a Salesforce job? And I'm like, it's not real quick. This is not like overnight. You just do a couple of things and you go get a job. You have to put in the upfront effort. But I mean, the amazing thing is that the upfront effort is what, three to six months at 10 hours a week? That's not that big of an upfront effort when you're talking about entry-level salaries at you know, $70,000, $75,000. And if you get a year or two of experience, you're at six figures very quickly. It's not that much effort upfront to achieve that level of success. Yeah. I went to a four-year college right. and I, my first job, I think I made 40K a year well, you like after me. four years. Yeah. Well, I, I went for four and a half years and for that bachelor's degree. And yeah, my first job was 35,000. And boy, I had to work really hard to get that $35,000 job and I was really happy with it. So yeah, there's, I think the level of effort is just much lower with this path. Yeah. So really when we talk about LinkedIn and personal branding, those are really one and the same as far as Salesforce is concerned. And that's really how you get your name out there and get engaged with this community we've talked so much about. And I think a lot of the tips we've given today are sort of what you could sort of call LinkedIn level one. You know, it's that initial baseline of what you need to be doing on LinkedIn. And some of the, you know, it's obvious to us, some of those obvious pro tips, if you've been on LinkedIn and you've been working on branding, these are some pretty obvious things for us. If you haven't been, this probably all just absolutely groundbreaking and you need to take some notes and, and figure out, okay, I got to go take a plan of action and figure out what to do here on with my LinkedIn profile. But, you know, if you want to take it to that next level, and you really want to be more polished and more, I think, intentional with how you're using LinkedIn. To me, it all revolves around understanding your audience and how to get in front of your audience. And I think a lot of people look at this branding thing as a topic only for like business owners or influencers. And those are the only people allowed to have a brand online. But the truth is, it's for everyone and everyone should have a brand online. And you should have a certain level of influence, but the people you're influencing are a different group. You're not here to influence people to buy something or to try your product or to follow your channel or whatever else. You're here to influence people to hire you and to take you seriously when they are looking for Salesforce talent. And the way that you do that is by understanding who your audience is. So when you're looking at being hired, your audience is recruiters, it's hiring managers, it's people in the HR department who work for a company who are hiring for a Salesforce role. It could just be any given Salesforce professional who happens to know of an opening where they could be a referral for you. So I want you to really envision that when you think about leveling up your LinkedIn presence, who is your audience and how are you going to talk to them more directly? This is through your post, through your comments, through the way you set up your personal profile all of that impacts the way you engage with your audience, which are people who are in a position to either hire you or refer you. So I guess, Anita, you know, I think I would definitely put you in that category of people who landed their first Salesforce job because they were absolutely killing it on LinkedIn. So what advice would you have for people that aren't your typical pro tips, but something where you can really be intentional about the way you use your brand to get that outcome of landing a job? I mean, the main thing is you want people to remember you, remember your name. So putting out content, I mean, helpful, memorable, valuable content frequently 
is step one. Step two, you also have to like be known for something, differentiate yourself. If you're coming from a healthcare background, make that known because a lot of healthcare companies use Salesforce. So if like someone gets reached out by a recruiter offering them a job and they're like, oh, I'm not a good fit, but you know who is a good fit and has a background in this? So-and-so has a background in this. And that's just another way to like find another job. But yeah, those two things, just posting valuable content and being able to differentiate yourself. So like people remember your name because there's that saying out there, like, it's not who you know, it's who knows you. That's the key. That's really true. It's not who you know, it's who knows you. That's a really good point. I I like that. And you brought to mind uh, Jason Towers. So hi, Jason. And I remember his content on LinkedIn. I mean, he definitely had a personal brand. I remembered him right off the bat. And I remember he had this really awesome post showing a graph of, I forget exactly what it was, but it was like the number of pair of sweatpants you need to work a fully remote job and how he needs more and more sweatpants to continue to work from home. And it was just so funny. And I think it's a breath of fresh air into an otherwise sort of dull conversation. And he would do, you know, memes about different functionality of Salesforce in a really funny sort of engaging way. And not everybody can be the Salesforce meme master, right? But you can find your thing, whether it's like you said, healthcare, or maybe it's you're a teacher coming from an education background or somebody who's coming from a blue collar work related, maybe like you, you're a truck driver or a mail carrier, or you work in a factory or something like that. You can bring that experience and create that brand with like, Hey, this is me. This is the background I come from. This is what I bring to the table because of where I come from. And you can be remembered for a lot of different things. And it doesn't have to be crazy. Just do something so that you get noticed. And usually that's just being consistent and being yourself and putting content out. I would say two to three times a week. It doesn't need to be daily. Yeah, consistency is key. I mean, because there's so much coming at us every day. And just like looking at LinkedIn, you know, you see a list of names. But when you're putting out a lot of content, you'll see that name repeatedly And that's how you get it to stick. Yeah, I think that's great. So yeah, if you're looking to level up, you know, your LinkedIn branding, or maybe you're just trying to get started, our free LinkedIn guide is definitely going to help you, you know, get it off the ground and get to what I would consider sort of level two or three of really being intentional on LinkedIn. And for all of our free resources, um, including the five day challenge, uh, you can find all of that in the show notes or just head over to talentstacker.com forward slash start to check those out. So I think we've covered a lot of information today, you know, everything from why LinkedIn is important, why you have to be on LinkedIn. There's no skipping this. You don't get to skip this part. You have to do this. And that's why it's one of the first episodes of this podcast, because we know how important it is and you need to know about this. We also talked about really those top intro tips for when you're getting your your brand off the ground and what to do when you first start on LinkedIn to start getting traction and getting comfortable engaging in this whole new world that you're about to be, you know, introduced into and layering that on top of getting that first certification and working on LinkedIn at the same time. And I guess, Anita, what would you agree? You should probably, you know, while you're working on getting that first certification, go ahead and start working on the branding tips or, I mean, how does the certification and how do you align that with also working on your personal branding? Definitely. I would do it at 
the same time. I mean, I did it at the same time. I was building my network. And by building my network, I would search for other people with Salesforce in their title and add up to 10 to 15 people a day, just so like I can increase it and get to that at least minimum 500 plus connections. And then I, I would post, you know, when I got a super badge or whatnot. But once I got this certification, I really ramped it up. I was posting a few times a week. And like another great way to make your your posts get noticed is comment a lot. So you, you always want to have a conversation starter, like a question or something and get a lot of activity there. So I was doing that. And I think that's what really helped me. So again, yeah, do all the basics right when you start studying so you can start building that momentum because that momentum will get you really far. Yeah. So I think that's a great outline is basically get on trailhead, get started on your certification like we talked about in the last episode, You know, focus on getting that first certification, but you're going to get burnt out. You're not going to want to be on trailhead all day. So if you're looking for a breath of fresh air, something new to do, hop over to LinkedIn and do the things we talked about on today's episode. And in our next episode, we're going to be talking about interview tips and how to really be prepared for interviews and leveling up your interview skills. And of course, throughout this first few episodes of the podcast, we're also going to be getting into how to get hands-on experience before you land your first job. And we're going to get all of these pieces to this puzzle put together for you so that you have a clear path to not just getting started with Salesforce, but landing a job fully remote, making over $70,000 a year and helping you break into the new Salesforce ecosystem. Well, thanks a lot, Anita, for hanging out with me and talking through all of this. And don't forget, everybody, head over to talentstacker.com forward slash start. And if you're enjoying the content we're producing, please be sure to subscribe on the platform you're listening on. So I know we covered a lot of information on today's episode. Thanks for coming and listening to us talk about personal branding and how you can really get started on your Salesforce journey and landing your first Salesforce job. I also wanted to make sure to mention that Anita actually started her own YouTube channel where she is showcasing, you know, what it looks like after you land your first Salesforce job. So Anita, why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, thanks. Um, so I was in your shoes a year ago, everyone listening, learning how to land a Salesforce job, but not really actually knowing what the job entails. So I thought this would be helpful for all you future Salesforce admins out there. So just head over to youtube.com slash Anita Smith. And um, don't forget to hit the like and subscribe button as well, please. Thanks. All right. Well, we will talk to you guys on the next episode about interview pro tips and how to level up your interviewing skills. And until then, bye, bye. everyone. Thank you for joining us today. To get started for free on your own Salesforce career, go to talentstacker.com forward slash start or check the show notes. There you'll find all the resources you need to start earning 60 to 80,000 in as little as eight months, no matter your education or career background. The Salesforce for Everyone podcast was produced by Edmund T and engineered by Andrew Mendonca. If you like what we do at this scrappy can-do podcast, please help others find us by leaving a five-star rating and a great review on whichever platform you're listening to us right now. See you next time.